This Christmas, we are going through um, a series in December about gifts, gifts that God our Father gives to us. And you know, Jesus Christ loves to give us gifts. The scripture says in James 1:17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And so God's love for you is so great that he takes every opportunity he can to give you a gift. He wants you to know that you are loved, that you are valuable, and love is often expressed through giving. And so this month, it's all about gifts. We, uh, Jim and Chris, our gift to our church, we wanted to honor them. Um, we're gonna put these gifts that God gives into practice. And so today, just by coming to church, um, you are a gift. So we're gonna tally up our attendance with our kids and everyone in this room and our volunteers. And um, after we tally up our attendance for today, we're gonna give the amount to Erie Home for Children and Adults. So if there are 600 people in the building, yeah. This morning, then we're going to uh, write a check for $600 this week to the Erie Home for Children and Adults, which is an organization that helps people with disabilities. And this particular gift will help uh, equipment and transportation options for these families because uh, it's often hard for them. And so we're going to give like this to a different cause each Sunday um, until Christmas. And so just by coming to church, just by inviting someone with you, you are being a gift to this community. And so we're so glad you're here. So invite some friends, invite some family. Let's bless the socks off of this community. All right, we're so excited for this month. So uh, does anyone recognize this guy? Where's Dan Sheldon? I was waiting for the hoorah over here. All right, um, this guy is known as the Heartbreak Kid. He is an 11-time winner of Pro Wrestling Illustrated and WWE's Match of the Year Award. Now, this may surprise you, but I don't watch much WWE. <laughs> but this guy's story uh, really stuck out to me. His real name is Shawn Michaels, and it caught my attention because he started out living a life of drugs, of alcohol, of partying. He was reckless. He had a real reputation of being a tough guy. In fact, um, Shawn Michaels' selfishness was so extreme. Some would say perhaps the most extreme of all the WWE wrestlers and all the, and all the um, network. But this all changed when he had a real encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, my salvation came with the realization that if you don't live for something, you won't live for much of anything. And Shawn Michaels uh, stopped professional wrestling for a period of time because of an injury, um, had this encounter with Jesus. In fact, the testimony is that his wife, he married a, a woman who was a Christian, and she used to go into her prayer closet and just pray over her husband, uh, weeping for hours and hours, and he would hear her and mock it. And then till one day, the Holy Spirit of God met him in this real way. And so anyway, he, yeah, thank God for that. Um, so many people in his life, he, he had an injury, he stopped professional wrestling, he decided to go back to it. And many people in his life warned him, they were concerned for him, they said, listen, that was your old life, that's going to be too much for you, that culture, it's going to pull you back into your old life. And Shawn Michaels knew he would need accountability, he knew he would need wisdom to enter back into his old space and to keep his faith strong. But 
he felt that the, the best witness that he could have for Jesus Christ would be to take his complete turnaround and go back to the place where God had had him. And so at 37 years old, which is very young, let me tell you, <laughs> about that old, um, he went back uh, to professionally wrestle. Now, here's the part of his testimony that stuck out to me the most. Michael said this, I learned a valuable spiritual lesson in my return to wrestling. God does not give us gifts that he does not intend for us to use. God does not give us gifts that is not intend for us to use. And so he goes on to say, the Lord built me as a professional wrestler. I did my best with what I had. And before I was saved, I wrestled because I had this ability that, that I, it was God given, even though he didn't give him credit for it. And after that, I wrestled because God had a purpose for me. And so I loved that story. I loved his testimony because there's so much truth in the understanding of God-given spiritual gifts, God-given talents, God-given skills, and God-given abilities, that God gives us gifts for us to use, that God gives us gifts for us to use, and he wouldn't have given them to us if he didn't intend for us to use them. And so this week, we're talking about gifts, this whole series, and I wanted to address this morning spiritual gifts that God gives us, Okay. So my first question that we need to wrestle with, yes, see what I did there? All right. Why does God give us spiritual gifts? Why? What's the point? Well, when we read through the New Testament, the first place we actually run into the term spiritual gift is in Romans 1, 11 through 12. I want to read it to you. Paul is speaking, and he says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So Paul, he's writing this letter to the church in Rome. Now he is not implying that he can give them spiritual gifts. That's not what this scripture is saying. Only God can do that. But what Paul is saying is that he has spiritual gifts from God. He knows them. He knows God has imparted them to him. And he wishes that he was with the people in the church so he could use them to strengthen his people. I wish that I was there to use them. And what we see here and throughout scripture is spiritual gifts are for strengthening each other. That spiritual gifts are for strengthening each other. That the gifts that God gives to us are to be given to others. And that's why Linda's word was so spot on this morning when she shared it with me. They are not to be hoarded. They are not to be kept to ourselves. We receive spiritual gifts to strengthen others. That's the purpose. And so to strengthen someone with a spiritual gift means to help their faith when maybe trouble enters their life. We're given spiritual gifts so that we can help other people keep the faith and maintain even keel in life's storm. So if there's anybody around you whose faith is being threatened in any way, we should evaluate that whether we have a spiritual gift that could strengthen that person. In my mind, it's kind of like a marathon. And you might be surprised at this, but I don't know much about marathons either. <laughs> but what I've heard is there are these people strategically placed along the route. Some have cups of water. Some have flags to show you uh, which way to run. Some are cheering along the sidelines with a sign. Some have first aid kids in case there's an injury. And our spiritual gift are meant to be all these roles and more, that along this race that you're running of faith, you may have a word of encouragement that you must give to someone just at the right curve. 
That, that another person may have knowledge or wisdom that guides you through the difficult part of the course. We're here to help each other. We're here to strengthen each other with the spiritual gifts that God has given us. And when we don't use our gifts, we are actually weakening the body of Christ. We're actually weakening the body of Christ. In fact, if you're sitting on your gifts, if you're burying them, if you're too busy, if you're too distracted, if you're too insecure and you hold them in, you are doing a disservice to the community of faith. Now there's this parable that you're probably familiar with in Matthew 25, um, where a master gives three servants a certain amount of money, and he says, go, I'm gonna be gone for a little while, uh, do, do what you will with them and I'll be back. And, and some versions of it call, call it talents, some versions call it bags of gold. Um, but two of the servants go and they invest their money, and the other one buries what the master gives them and brings back exactly what he had given them. And when the master comes back, he praises the two that use the money to create more. In fact, one of the guys creates the most, let's call him Joel. <laughs> uh, he creates the most money. And then the second person uh, creates some, but not as much as the first. And then the third person had buried the money and only gave back what he had. And it tells in the story, um, the one that had buried the money, that the master was very disappointed and upset with what he did. And I always, that parable has always been a little frustrating for me because I've thought to myself, okay, like give the guy a break. At least he gave you back. He didn't lose it. You know, at least he gave it back to you what he had. Why are you so angry about this? In fact, in Matthew 25, 28 through 29, I want to read to you the master response. He orders, take the money from the servant, give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And I feel like what the Holy Spirit of God showed me as I was thinking about that parable is that the reason why the master is depicted as being so serious about the fact that this person buried their gift and did nothing with it is because he is adamant because the body of Christ is encouraged and strengthened by our spiritual gifts. And so by burying that, it is neglecting the body of Christ, the thing that Jesus loves, the people that he loves. And so the reason why he's getting all hot and bothered about it is because you and me are what he loves. And when we're sitting on our gifts and not using them, that is what God is saying. That is serious. You cannot neglect building my church. You cannot weaken what I care so deeply about his people and their faith. And so that's such a, such a telling parable that God is saying, don't hide your gift. I gave it to you to use it. I gave it to you to use it. And so the next question we can ask about spiritual gifts is who gets them and what exactly are they? Okay, who gets them and what exactly are they? And for this, I want to look in 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 from the New Living Translation. It says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So who gets them? We all do. <laughs> we all get them. Turn to the person next to you and be like, it's you, it's me, it's all of us. We all get them. <laughs> Somebody, maybe you're here today and you think, but I'm not good at anything. 
I'm not good at anything. I have nothing to offer God. I have nothing to offer the church. I want you to know that you may not know what it is, but God has given you a spiritual gift. God finds great joy in pouring into us gifts from him. And I want to encourage you to seek out what those gifts are. Seek out what the different gifts that God has deposited in you. And also remember that they're gifts. You can't earn a gift. You don't get them because you're spiritual enough or you've logged a certain number of hours praying or you punched an attendance card for church service. This isn't Candy Crush, okay? They're free. They're free. They're undeserved. And so when you get a gift, you cannot take credit for it. That's what I love, how God designed it. They're gifts. God gives them to us, but we cannot earn them. And so we find the spiritual gifts listed in a few passages of Scripture um, and I want to show them to you in a list form today. Ephesians 4.11 says that there are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4 tells us that there are also gifts of serving, encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, and hospitality. And 1 Corinthians 12 adds to the list administration, helps, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, discernment, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Some of you have a timely, helpful insight. You can read people and circumstances quickly, and you are spot on, and that's the gift of wisdom and discernment. Uh, some of you uh, people in this room, you thrive in impossible situations. When people say, that could never happen, you say, but God. But God, but God, but God. And it's easy for you to trust God in childlike faith. That's the gift of faith. And there are men and women in this room that carry the gift of apostleship. They are skilled in building something out of nothing. They are the future leaders of movements. They're missionaries. They're church planners. They're the ones that God gives these big dreams and visions to. Some of you can teach and impart biblical truth in really powerful ways and you've given your life to it. Others in this room come alongside people in small ways. Maybe you don't have this massive global vision, but you are the one who is genuinely always asking, how can I help you? I'm good at helping. How can I help you? How can I help you do that? And that's the gift of helps. And some of you share your faith in the paint store when you're picking out the color of a wall. Pastor Adam. <laughs> that's the gift of evangelism. That's a gift of evangelism. All of these gifts are to be used for the common good of the saints, and they are used to empower God's mission through us and share the gospel with the whole world. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 31 tells us this, earnestly desire the gifts. So even the ones that you feel uncomfortable, even the ones that haven't been part of your tradition, maybe growing up, maybe you've experienced some gifts, maybe there's some gifts on that list that you aren't that comfortable with or you aren't that familiar with or you don't fully understand. The scripture says, seek the gifts. Want the gifts. Now in a sense, handling spiritual gifts is like handling dynamite. In fact, dynamis um, is the Greek word for power. And it's often used when referring to the Holy Spirit. And I think that's because when used rightly, the gifts are explosively loving. 
when used rightly, they can do great work for the kingdom of God. Things that we can try and try to do on our own for so long, when a spiritual gift comes into play, can blow it up, can be greatly. But in the same way, when used wrongly, they can be explosively destructive. They can be explosively destructive. Maybe some of you have experienced, you have had collateral damage from a person using a gift poorly. And when that happens, when, when something's a little bit odd or a little bit kooky or we've been hurt by someone that, that is claiming to use a gift on us and that's been really painful for us, it's tempting for us just to not use them at all. It's just safer that way. If we just don't use them at all. In fact, I think it's fascinating because the early Christians also felt this way after damaging experiences. That's why we see in the scripture, Paul saying things like, don't forbid speaking in tongues. Don't, don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecies because it was tempting for the messy gifts, the things that don't fit in a box, you know, the things that we can't quite explain or understand to just say, we'll do all of these things, but not those, right? We'll do, we'll do this list, but not those. God, I really want to be a good teacher, but this whole speaking in tongues thing, I don't know about that. And we have these moments because it just feels a little bit messy. And the Holy Spirit of God is saying, you know what? They are all dynamite. They're all powerful, but they have to be used correctly. And God says, thank you for clapping. <laughs> God wants us to earnestly desire them. That's what he says. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. The Bible actually commands us to do it. That God has purposes for these gifts that make them more than worth the risk. God has purposes for these gifts that make them more than worth the danger. So what do you do when you really, really want something? When, when you earnestly desire it? Do you wait for it to come and be delivered in a nicely full packaged, uh, fully assembled and ready to use to your door? No, you go looking for it. <laughs> You start asking questions of knowledgeable people. You read and you watch and you listen to a lot of information. You do what the scripture says. You ask, you seek, and you knock. And so God is telling us that that's what he wants us to do about all of the spiritual gifts, that if you really, really want it and you consider it worth and hard work of figuring out things, you'll work on it till you get it. And you'll develop it and you'll grow in it. And that's what the scripture says about gifts. Earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. God gives us spiritual gifts listed in the scripture. And this is my last point here, but he also gives us God-given skills and God-given abilities and God-given talents. All right, I have a, I'm the oldest of three. And um, Jason is my middle brother and he's the smart one. He, he, he's the intelligent one. He has the degree in economics. He always understands everything faster than the rest of us. It's infuriating, okay? He beats us at Scrabble ridiculously fast. I mean, he is, he's the smart one. And then my baby brother, who's the tallest, that's Shane, and he's the athlete. He scored over 1,000 points in his high school basketball career. He played college sports. Now he directs athletic programs at the Y. Um, he, he's, he's the athlete. He's the one that could always get everything so naturally. He's the one we watched hours of sports watching him play. I'm the talker. Is that shocking? I don't know. I'm the talkative one. I like people. I like to be around people all the time. 
We were raised in the same house with the same amazing parents, but God gave us each different God-given abilities. So have you ever wondered why you're the only artist in the family? Have you ever wondered why you love animals so much? Maybe you sing or you play an instrument. Maybe you, you can cook the most delicious things. Maybe you have a knack for solving problems or you can argue your way out of a paper bag. God gave you that. God made you that way. Maybe you're passionate about orphans or widows or veterans or you love the elderly or you love kids. God deposited that in you. God did that. God did that. Sometimes we give credit for other things. Well, it's because I grew up in a very athletic family or I, or I, I, my, I, had, I saw this thing as a kid and I got interested in it. Yeah, God uses all that stuff, but God deposited that in you. What you love and what you do and what you're created, God did that. And you know what? He invested in you a passion and a dream and an interest. And he did that so you could use it. He did that so you could use it. So I find a way to talk everywhere I go. <laughs> he did that so you could use it. And he didn't put things inside of you so you could bury them and keep them to yourself. And he wants to strengthen the body of Christ through your spiritual gifts and the God-given abilities that he's deposited in you. So some of you need to leave here today and you need to dust off that old gift. You need to, you need to that thing you haven't used in a while, but you, the thing that you know God has given to you, you need to find an outlet, a way to serve God's kingdom with your God-given ability. I'm gonna revisit 1 Peter 4.11 and it says this, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever, amen. So, so my final point this morning is that the aim of all spiritual gifts, the purpose the purpose of it all is that in everything, God might be glorified through Jesus. And this means that, that in giving us gifts and in giving us the faith to exercise them, God wants the whole world to marvel at him and say, wow, God is fantastic. God is incredible. God gave you that. He must be so good. He must be so loving. He must be so kind. And you know what? Our gift might feel small. But as part of the revelation of God's infinite glory, it is of vital importance. It is really, really important. And God gave you your gifts to use them. So here's what we're gonna do today. Um, it's why the worship team is up here. In your pew, you'll find a cup with a marker and some silver tags in it. And I need you to have a group project here and make sure everyone gets a silver tag. So you might need to pass them back or pass them around. I see one here in the front row. If, if Kyle, if you guys need to grab another one and we're gonna have to share the marker. So can you do that? They look like this. If there's extra, you can have two. But this, um, this is representative of like a gift tag. Okay, of something you would put on a gift if, if you were gonna give it to someone since we're in this theme of gifts. And what I would like you to do, I'm gonna ask Jason to put that spiritual gifts uh, slide up again. But I'd like you to think about a spiritual gift or a God-given ability that has been deposited in you. Something that you have been given by God. And I want you to write it down on this tag the best you can. I know they're small, I know they're shiny. I believe in you, the markers are fine, fine tip, okay? 
And I want you to write it down. You're gonna have to share the marker and pass it around. And in a couple minutes, um, the worship team's gonna sing while we kind of have this exercise so you can pray and think about it. And then in a few minutes, the ushers are gonna come back and collect these tags. The thing about spiritual gifts and God-given abilities is the only way for us to use them in fullness, the only way for us to use them in purpose is to give them back to Jesus. It's just surrender our will, our attitude. It's like Shawn Michaels, God gave him the gift of wrestling, but for so long he used it for his own glory. And the moment he said, you know what? This gift of wrestling is yours. God gave him a testimony. God gave him a testimony that he has taken to to millions of people. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna surrender our gifts to him. We're gonna give them back in the offering bags. We're gonna say, God, I give every attempt of me using it back to you. I give give it all back to you. I wanna honor you with my life. I don't wanna bury my gift anymore. I want to be used. And then I'm really excited because we're gonna take these, the staff is gonna take these tags and we're gonna turn them in to a really special art display that you're gonna see on Christmas Eve. So you wanna make sure that you're back with your family and your friends on Christmas Eve to see it. But we're gonna remember this epic moment of giving our gifts back to God and saying, you do with my life. I don't have a lot, God, but here's what I do have. You gave it to me. So here you go, and I wanna use it for your glory. I wanna use it to build your kingdom. So take a moment, write on your tag, a spiritual gift or a God-given ability that you have identified in yourself If you don't know, maybe ask someone that you came with. And in a few minutes after we sing this song together, we're gonna collect them in the offering bag. In the bleak midwinter 